0: What's up guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host Jake Burns and I'm recording this intro and and this interview here at about 4 o'clock and there's been a new piece that dropped on the New York Times where it's uh, how the Texans in a spa enabled Deshaun Watson's troubling behavior. Jenny Vrentis wrote it. It is a tough read. It continues to be more and more tough reads and I don't really have much to say on it. It just seems to be getting worse by every damn hour. I'm not sure how this can persist. I just am not sure how this whole thing can keep moving the way it's going, which is getting worse and worse in the last 30 days. And everyone just act like it's okay. I don't. I don't know. I really don't. It is making this experience a little bit miserable. That's all I'm gonna say. I. I, I don't have an answer on it. I don't know what ultimately happens. Uh, I. I. You know. I respect the the criminal case stuff here, but the the stories and the ugliness of this just keeps getting worse and worse. And if we're just going to have to wait until the answer of the civil cases, it's going to continue to be more and more, uh, I guess, unpleasant as things continue to be put out in public. Anyway, I wanted to share a couple things that came out recently, which is, uh, before we get to our guests, which we're going to talk about, Jacoby Brissett, is the, uh, this is from Dale Ryder, who did a great job with it. The Berea City Council, basically uh, making a decision to approve $4.935 million in additional bond sales to fund past improvements at the complex. If you have not noticed some of the things that they have done in Berea, uh, the training complex, they have updated a lot of the interior. They have expansion uh, uh, plans that they have accomplished within the grounds. So that money was approved, and it's just a refinance of the money that they've already spent. So that wasn't a big deal. But, But the big deal to me was the city of Cleveland, uh, being on the hook for 10.533 million of repairs at First Energy Stadium, so the city, st- the stadium capital repair fund, which was an audit done every five years, the last one was in 2018. So there's 10 million in things that have to be paid for by the city of Cleveland at the stadium, which again rumblings of a new stadium continue to be out there, but we're far off from it. Three, uh, three million in pedestrian ramp improvements, transfer switch replacement for 80 thousand, heater replacement for 1.5 million. There's other big things like door frame hardware replacement. Anyway, it all comes out. There's a lot of money, concrete repairs, $10 million. So that will be what Cleveland's on the hook for. I just think it's interesting that that stuff needs to come out. There's also this Cleveland legislation that is trying to get First Energy taken off the uh, the stadium name because of the $60 million bribe scheme that they were involved in with the House. Um it's pretty ugly. We're going to see what ultimately comes of it. I think it means that they're going to request First Energy take their name off. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but they did get it amended in legislation requirements uh, to say instead of First Energy Stadium, it'll now be the, I mean, written up. Not, no, this is nothing official. But it'll be written up as the municipally owned facility located at 100 Alfred Lerner Way. So it's it's back to the municipal stadium, uh, in in those documents. I don't know. Who knows where it ultimately goes? I'm on tilt. I'm really trying to figure out how the best way to cover your Cleveland Browns right now. It's uh it's it's a bit tricky. It's a bit tricky. Everything is dominated by the Watson stuff, and uh, we're gonna talk about it when we can. Right now, we're not. the The other piece of news that was dropped today was the dates and times of the three preseason games. So they travel to Jacksonville Friday, August 12th, for a Friday kickoff at 7 p.m. I think their last year game with Jacksonville was also a evening game. And then they welcome in the Eagles to Cleveland for joint practices in Berea before playing their preseason game on Sunday. I really like it. They did this last year with the Giants at 1 p.m. kickoff uh, on a Sunday preseason game, which gets you used to that 1 p.m. slate, which the Browns will have plenty of those this year also like the joint practices stuff, so hopefully that goes well. I know there was a fight last year with the Giants, so hopefully that doesn't happen again this year. And then they wrap up later in that same week with the Chicago Bears on a Saturday, August 27th, for another night game as that ends their preseason. Remember, it's down to to three games, so keep in mind that's how it is. Now we're going to shift over, have to start looking at the realistic situation with the offense. I think that means we have to start talking about Jacoby Brissett because there are a lot of moving parts with the suspension and where that's going to go and it seems like I said earlier every hour this gets uglier and uglier for Watson and his side they've got to settle it's got it's just going to get to that point it's just going to get to that point where the pressure is going to be too high that I think he's going to settle and I, I some of you might not agree it's just it's just getting out of hand whether it's innocent or guilty with all this the the perception and the uh, surrounding this whole thing is it just it's getting uglier and uglier so Uh, hopefully somehow some way we can find some sort of resolution i don't know anyway great guest let's get over to the interview where we learn all the things we can about the browns potential starting quarterback as the season kicks off in just uh just over two months
1: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So we're going to talk about Jacoby Brissett to do so wanted to really talk about I know he's with Miami last year, but I wanted to spend as much time with people who got to know him by watching as much of his film as possible. We've talked to Zach in the past. he's at Zach Hicks too, lead analyst on Colts on Fan Network. Uh, he does a great job. He's the film guy, Mile High Huddle, uh, you know one of uh, he's all over the place, man, He does some draft content, he does a great job, and you should follow him because I think we need to follow as many great writers and analysts as we can from other teams in the AFC. And and again, I cannot uh, you know, more strongly urge you to follow Zach. I think he does a great job. We're excited to have you on, Zach. How are you, man?
2: Doing good, man. Doing good. You know, it's been it's been a while since I've been, been able to talk about uh, Jacoby Brissett. So uh, I'm excited. It's been a long time.
0: It is. Uh, it's weird to cover the Cleveland Browns right now. And <laughs> with that weirdness, you have to look at a bunch of different possibilities. And as we were talking about before we brought this on to live air is, They're going to get something from Jacoby Brissett at some point, whether that is six games, ten games, a whole season. We don't know yet. Seems like July is when that decision is set to be made. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition or not. But I think we need to prepare for who Jacoby Brissett is as a quarterback because you're going to have to cross the bridge of uh, him carrying you through some games. We'll see what that looks like. But, um, yeah, so Jacoby's situation is is weird. If you trace it all the way back, he's drafted by – uh, he's drafted by New England out of college he he actually started it at florida i believe and then made his way over to is it nc state that he ended up making his way over to coming out of nc state or am i losing my yeah. mind there
2: no yeah, nc state yeah he came out of nc state yeah.
0: there pretty highly recruited guy high i think he might have, was he a five star i can't remember if he was a five star or not coming out of, out of high school but he was pretty highly recruited and i'm yeah, not too um, sure i
2: know he was a Big two sport athlete, like he was actually like a really big time basketball player in high school as well. So I mean, you you won't see it on his NFL film as much, but like he was actually a great athlete, uh, you know, in, in high school and college. And uh, you know, he can still move around a little bit, but he's you know obviously more like a pocket passer type of guy in the NFL,
0: for sure. So he's drafted uh, third round, ninety first pick overall, and then he ends up getting traded to New England. Sorry, he gets drafted by New England, traded over to Indy. I'm not sure. Did he get traded? What did he get traded for? Philip Am Dorsett, I, I
2: believe it was Philip Dorsett, I think okay. straight up for him.
0: Okay. So Philip Dorsett, because it doesn't have the Dorsett name in the transactions set here, but you know, this thing not always perfect at pro football <laughs> reference, but anyway, he does arrive and is not really expecting to play a ton, but 2017. So there's a story His two chances. If you look at his, his statistical analysis for his years in the NFL, he's plays a ton in 2017 starts 15 games. Also plays a ton in 2019. Those are obviously tied into Andrew Luck's wild roller coaster. So enlighten us a little bit on why Jacoby got those two seasons of opportunity in Indy.
2: Yeah, so 2017 was fun because I, I swear it was like, it had to have been like four or five days before the season started. He was traded for. Uh, they traded Philip Dorsett for uh, Jacob Dorsett. And, you know, the, the idea was he was going to start quite a few games because they didn't know how long Andrew Luck was going to be out. Uh, And it actually turned out, you know, Andrew Luck was out for the entire season Uh, in 2017. I don't think he played one snap. So uh, Jacoby came in and he was going to be the backup for at least a couple weeks behind uh, Scott Tolzien, uh, the the guy that they hired or the guy that they uh, signed in the offseason. And uh, the first week was so awful from Scott Tolzien. Uh, I mean, if you guys remember that, it was it was like the Rams won like I want to say it was like 48 to 16 or something or 48 to nine uh, in week one of the 2017 season. Uh, and the Colts, you know, they just, they just kind of said, screw it. And threw uh, Jacoby Brissett out there, uh, from, from yeah. then And, and, you 46
0: know, 46 to nine was the final yeah, of that one. 46
2: to nine. Uh, it, it was a, it's a tough situation for a quarterback to, you know, he went through the whole all season program with the Patriots. You're immediately thrown over to a new team. And then on what a week and a half of preparation, you're the starter. Uh, and, and I think he was okay that year, g- given the circumstance. Again, it was it was a lame duck coach. Uh, it was Chris Ballard's first year trying to fix that roster. Uh, it was super young and just not a great roster at all. So, uh, it, you know, it, it looked like a young backup caliber guy starting a whole season. And then go, you know, you flash forward to 2019, and Andrew Luck retires, a, you know, a, a week before the, the regular season that year as well. So he goes again from preparing to be the backup all off season, you know, to be a guy who's, you know, maybe sparingly come in to, okay, now it's your job. Uh, It's, it's two tough situations and it's actually crazy that he kind of found himself uh, in those, like, you know, depending on what happens with the Watson stuff here, this might be the most notice he gets before, you know, starting a big, a big chunk, a big chunk of games in the NFL.
0: Yeah. So, so those, let's talk about those two seasons, obviously, you had mentioned he was ill prepared to start seventeen. I think, at least as far as I remember, the Andrew Luck announcing his retirement was a massive surprise. Yeah. So you're talking about two seasons, and not that you don't prepare to start necessarily, but you know, you 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 definitely have to change your frame of mind going into it. his, his two seasons not very strongly graded. Twenty seventeen, he was a. 62.6 passing grade and a 58.0 pass grade but the statistics on the surface level not all too ter- 52 sacks in 2017 pretty rough yeah cut that down as i know you guys over in india improved that line play drastically down to 27 in 2019 18 touchdowns six interceptions so i'm going to three tier it let's first start with what you think he does well and and consider yourself if you can the type of offense Cleveland's going to run wide act, you know, wide zone play action, a lot of that heavy run game support. So what do you think he can do well for Cleveland if he's forced to start a portion, a large portion of the year?
2: Well, the, the best thing about Jacoby said that you can always say is uh, there's never a dead play with Jacoby. I mean, he, he is outstanding at breaking, you know, breaking sacks in the backfield and extending plays. Uh, like I said, he's not this like super athlete, you know, he's not even like type of athlete that Andrew Luck was. Uh, but when you're looking at the, his size and the way that he just throws off tacklers, I mean, there's never a dead play in the backfield. I mean, there was a, there was a game against the the Broncos in 2019 uh, where the Colts needed to go drive down the field to to win the game, and and he nearly gets sacked in his own end zone for a safety. He breaks the tackle of Von Miller and throws a, a dart down the sideline for like a 50 yard gain. Uh, so yeah, he he can do those things. You know, there are some eye opening plays. You know, he has a big arm. Uh, he can operate pretty well in those half field reads, you know, off of play action and stuff like that. If you give him, you know, just one or two reads in front of him, uh, he can do that. So, I, I mean, I think the physical ability has always been there with him, uh, and I and I think that there are flashes of seeing like a really good quarterback. Uh, it's just you know he ever, obviously wasn't ever, ever able to really put it all together. But you know, when you have a when you have a running team where you can do a lot of play action and give him some half field reads and some some you know easier reads for him to get the ball out of his hands, I, I think he can operate in that pretty well.
0: Okay, so you you kind of think there are some some schemed up answers, and he can do some things that if you give him some play action or you give him some very defined reads, he can handle that. If defenses right. are taking things away from him, what are the things he truly really struggles with? Like if if you're like breaking down tape, your team scored ten points and uh, two hundred eighty yards, they did this to make to make Jacoby struggle, and and and, and does that kind of happen as it happened a lot throughout his career because it's not been terrible but it's not been great so I'm curious you know the weaknesses you're going to talk about have they sort of manifested itself over time or has he gotten a little better in your opinion
2: I I do think there was some improvement from 2017-2019 to but it just it really wasn't at a level where you would feel comfortable with him as a starter you know he got better at making some reads but for the most part uh, unless there's guys schemed open for him, you know he's not going to throw guys open. He's not going to anticipate routes. He's not going to, um it, you know, it, it's it's just tough to run an offense with Jacoby Brissett because you need to kind of have everything perfect for him. You know, when everything's perfect, you know the way that 2019 started. You know, he he finished year 18 and six. And I believe he threw 15 of those touchdowns in the first 10 weeks in 2019, you know, and and we had some Colts fans here saying like, oh, Jacoby, a surprise MVP candidate and stuff like that, which was ludicrous at the time. But, you know, how, how fans can get with that kind of stuff. But when it started to get kind of tougher down the stretch, when when the struggle started coming, you know, it, it, it kind of all collapsed for him. I think he threw three touchdowns in the last uh, six or seven games and uh the offense just kind of sputtered because he really needs everything to be lined up and perfect for him and and one thing that really helped him in 2019 and why some of those stats look better is you know he didn't have one offense like every single offensive lineman on the Colts you know up front did not miss a snap or did not miss a game that year uh that's something he'll never really repeat uh so he had really good protection protection all year he had Frank Reich which is a really great play caller helping him with things and and you know for the most part that offense was you know below average it was okay but uh when when things aren't perfect, when he's playing against a tough defense, when when you know there there aren't really those holes in the zones that he can see easily, uh, that's where you kind of start seeing the issues. And it's really not that he forces it into bad spots or he's going to throw a bunch of picks. It's just he he eats the ball. He doesn't throw it. Uh, he, he'll take a lot of sacks. And and honestly, the Colts offensive line was so good in twenty nineteen where they, they should not have given up uh, twenty seven sacks. You know, a lot of that was on Percent holding the ball. Uh, Andrew Luck the year before that, I think once they figured out their offensive line, I think went like 10 straight games without getting sacked. Uh, and then Phillip Rivers the next season, I think the Colts were in like the bottom uh, three or four, or the top three or four in sacks allowed. So, it, I mean, it's, it's a good offensive line and, and he kind of made them look worse because he was holding the ball. So, uh, it, you know, it, it really is tough when things aren't going great for Jacoby. But if you do have, you know, a good playmakers, good offensive line, good running game like the Browns have. Brissette can do little things. You know, he won't hurt you too much. It's just when you kind of ask him to make that big play, it's rarely going to happen.
0: Does he have a bigger arm? I know he's not mobile. There's this misconception, and you talked about it because of his athletic background. He's not mobile in terms of running away from people. You can't run some read option with him. There's not quarterback run game sprinkled in. He's very much a pocket guy, almost in the line of like Ben Roethlisberger, where he's a big guy that's hard to bring down in the pocket. Uses that to his advantage. Not that I would think like late career Ben actually makes a lot of sense, you know, like that type of guy. Is the arm strength good enough? What, what, what you know, I know he played in a dome in Indy, but he's going to play in a little bit windier situations in Cleveland on the lakefront. So I'm curious what the arm talent looks like.
2: I think the arm, natural arm, is really good. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, for someone like me who breaks down so much quarterback mechanics and quarterback. Uh, the ways that quarterbacks throw with velocity and accuracy you know I don't think he's great off platform or he's great uh, under duress or something like that but when everything's lined up and and he can just stand in the pocket and say he has to you know rifle something 40 yards down the field outside of the hashes you know he he can make those throws Uh, it's just how accurate is it going to be and and can he do those in in difficult situations but I mean if we're talking natural arm strength that yeah he could he can fit in any window you know he actually has more of an issue of you know, taking some off the ball, like, you know, when he's throwing the ball underneath, he might throw it too hard or he might rifle it in there when, you know, it really should be more of like a touch or, or an easy pass there. But, you know, when, when we're talking pure, pure arm strength, uh, he does have really good
0: arm. So, okay, let me ask you this. We'll kind of close here. Cause you've done a good job giving us a picture of who Jacoby is. What his history is a little bit. Is he, you, I don't know how much film you watched of Mayfield last year, but it was, Tough. It was not it was not good. Can he be a version of Mayfield last year? Or do you think there's even a little bit he can be a little bit better because he takes care of the football a little bit better? Because yeah, he'll eat some sacks, and that's a little frustrating, but but he's he's definitely not as turnover prone and seems to uh you know have a little bit more ability to extend a play than Mayfield does. So I'm curious if you think that's that's a pretty similar situation, that unhealthy version of Mayfield. Or if you, uh, if you think that he's a, he's a downgrade there.
2: I mean, unhealthy Mayfield was not very good last year. Uh, mechanically production wise, you know, there, there was a lot of issues with, with Mayfield, but I do think there were a couple of good moments and there was some, but there was obviously it was, it was hindered by his volatility, but uh, with Jacoby, you know, it, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be very frustrating. you you know, you'll be watching these games and, and there'll be throws that he just doesn't make because of his conservative nature. And and there'll be times where uh, he doesn't step up to avoid a sack because, you know, he just doesn't have that pocket presence or anything like that. But uh, if you're talking purely from a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over, uh, who doesn't make huge mistakes, you know, I, I do think Jacoby can do that for you. It's just, you know, you, you kind of have to win games. I don't want to say in spite of Jacoby Brissett, but you just kind of have to win games with him not doing that much. You know, if you ask him to do more than, kind of like the minimum, you might get in some issues there. But if you ask him to make a couple throws here or there, you know, can scheme up some shots off of play action, I think he can do that for you. It's just I don't think, you know, you're not gonna have a high power passing game or or maybe even, you know, a top 10, top 15 passing game with a guy like Jacob set It's just it's just gonna be like the passing game is kind of an auxiliary to the run game when you have a quarterback yeah. like Jacoby. And and I do want to say I want to finish this before before I go here by saying I love Jacoby Brissett. I think he is a phenomenal person, and I know for a fact that players love being around him. Like, players adore this guy. They would go to war for him. I'm sure Anthony Walker's talked about him quite a bit uh, there there in Cleveland. I mean, he was the most fun, entertaining, real guy uh, to talk to. It's just, I really wish, you know, in in kind of less detailed terms, I wish he was just a better quarterback because he's such a great guy to root for. Uh, so you guys will at least have fun, you know, with with all the stuff going around with with your guys' quarterback situation. To, to you know, have a quarterback where I think everyone can agree that Jacoby Brissett's a good guy to root for, you know, with
0: with everything that's gone on the
2: last you know yeah. year or two.
0: Yeah, it definitely helps. I think Zach, you've done a great job of painting the picture of him. I'll, I'll ask you this, just a little a little fun one: the Matt Ryan trade doesn't happen. Even Baker Mayfield went on the podcast. I uh, can't remember the name of the podcast, but he had mentioned. He was interested in the Colts. Would you have been if the Matt Ryan thing fell apart? Interested in bringing Mayfield in? I mean,
2: I don't really know what else Indy could have done. And and yeah. from people I've talked to with close to the situation with Indy and stuff, is you know the the Colts really were not interested uh, in Baker Mayfield whatsoever. And I, I actually think they would have gone. They probably would have gone Winston or Mariota instead of mm-hmm. instead of Mayfield. But you know, for me. Mayfield's probably would probably would have been the only option that made sense. Cause you know, Winston, Mariota, maybe Winston, uh, but you know, then you're also getting the more off field type stuff there with him. It's, it's a difficult situation. I think Mayfield's the only one that actually gave you real upside. So for me personally, I probably would have been interested even though it wouldn't have been very interested, <laughs> you know, again, yeah. last year was a disaster for Mayfield and you guys know that uh, better than most. But uh, for someone like me who studies mechanics, you know, I went back and watched a couple of his, of his uh, games. And it it was, it was tough to watch. And I know injury plays a part of that, but uh, you know, I I kind of get like 2020 Carson Wentz vibes with that. And I did not want to go back to that with the Colts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I don't think you would, man. Over under Carson Wentz years spent with the commanders over under is one and a half. What are you taking?
2: Oh man. I do think he fits that offense better than he fits the Colts offense, but (sighs) you know, The volatility (laughs) is just going to always be there. I'd say under, I'd say one year uh, with them because there's an out after this year. There's a, there's a very, very easy out uh, to where if he even plays average quarterback play and say they win seven, eight games, right. And they miss the playoffs. Like there's a very easy out where you could save almost everything on that contract by cutting him. And, you know, would you pay him that contract for like another average volatile, you know, season? Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I, I I think Carson did some good things, but he's just a tough quarterback to support in the NFL.
0: Very tough to support. Good stuff, Zach. We appreciate you enlightening us all about Jacoby's time in Indy and what the fr- the fans here can expect of him. We thank you again, man.
2: Yeah, no problem, man.
0: Anytime. Okay, guys, that is a wrap for today's show. And um, listen, I I try I try my best. I try my best to steer away from being judge, jury, executioner on this podcast. I really do. But it is getting it is getting hard to ignore the issues and not that they were being ignored to start, you know, my opinion on everything I don't share on this podcast. I don't think it's the right place for it, but it's hard to continue to not talk about it. When these things keep coming out and getting worse and worse, I just, I eventually have to. And today with that story, it had to be said for a few minutes. Um, I don't, I don't know We're we're a film breakdown podcast. I try to stick to covering the football field. There are far superior outlets for insights and sharing opinions on that stuff. Uh, I would suggest you go there. I, I am, I am a a football based podcast who talks about decisions that impact either on field performance or not. Now we've talked about this because it does impact on field performance. And we talked about Jacoby Bissett because this is going to be a realistic thing this season, but I'm not going to waste a ton of my meaningless breath on this situation. It is going to play out the way it is going to play out. And I think it's not hard to figure out the stance on a lot of this stuff. So take that for what it's worth. I will try to continue to make this as much about players on the football field as possible. We'll have more guests on later this week. Uh, Hopefully, again, hopefully there's some sort of dying down effect that can come from this whole thing. Because right now it is getting worse it's getting worse by the hour for everybody involved, the Texans, the Browns, and Watson. It's just not good. Anyway, guys, listen, have a great have a great Wednesday. Hopefully you enjoyed Zach's interview. I thought he did a great job of covering Jacoby. We'll write up a lot of what Jacoby Brissett is. We'll obviously still cover who Watson is on the football field because that seems to be an inevitable place that he will still end up landing and doing things is on a football field. So we'll, we'll do that as well. Appreciate you guys checking out today's show and the support you continue to give. This show means everything to me guys. Have a great, have a great day. uh, and, And go Browns.